Remember all those flying jump kicks you had to do in high school? Yeah, me neither. Tonight, on the Commune Podcast. Sanrio, how have you been doing? Okay. Good to hear. Uh, Shouty, yourself? Or, <laughs> I just meant the one person, Shouty. Um, I've been doing kind of sick lately. Um, I don't know what it is. It's probably just the temperature fluctuating, but I'll do fine. Do you have allergies? I do have allergies, but they're not supposed to kick in until, like, uh, May or April. Oh. Uh, now, mine are definitely kicked in already. Oh, no. Kicking who? In. Kick <laughs> <laughs> so, yourself, have you been doing allergenic lately? Uh, yeah, that's about it. And Wario fan, how have you been doing? I've been fine. No complaints. Right. Uh, 50% fine, 50% kind of sick. So, Shadi, I was wondering, what games have you been playing since last time? Just recently, Yumi's Odyssey came out, and um, it's the first time we ever got that game. It's pretty much like Bionic Commando, but you're um, a girl who has a fishing rod, and you, and you use that to cling onto walls and other surfaces. This is the 3DS Umihara Kawase? Yeah. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that its difficulty is comparable to Kirby's Dream Course, and that it requires a lot of tri- trial and error, and then knowing exactly where, where, what to do at every second. So, like, having a specific plan for a stage. Yeah. And is the Thank 3DS you. game like that? Yeah, it is. And, but um, it's been modernized in such a way that you don't have a life system, and um, you can pretty much choose any level you want, so you don't have to go through the entire game to look for different paths. Is that to say there's a stage select? Yeah. After you've beaten that stage or gotten up to it. Okay, I see. Because there, there are different, um, like, paths you can take. Because there are secret exits in certain levels. This sounds pretty neat. Yeah, it is. Sounds like you would recommend it? Only if... Well, I don't know. It's um, eShop only. And um, it's $30. And it's pretty difficult. So, unless you want something you need to get... Unless you're planning on getting into it, I wouldn't recommend it. It's kind of a hefty investment for a digital game. Yeah. Well, it's, you know... A retail game, it's just, it's only digital here is all. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that probably would have been a wiser use of my money than Yoshi's New Island. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that later. (laughs) Um, So, WarioFan63, what games have you been playing? Oh, uh, lately I've been playing the the new Professor Layton game. Oh, the one you made a trailer for. Yeah. Azran Legacy, it's the, the sixth one. And presumably the final. Presumably. Yeah, um, in fact, Layton 7 is not even going to have Layton himself. It's going to be a series of puzzles. Sounds yeah. existential. Yeah, I think that's, that might just be like a code name or something. We'll see how that one oh. goes. Yeah, I guess that's true, too. But how are you liking Azran Legacy? Uh, about as well as the rest of the series, really. I mean, there's a couple things different. It has a uh, Street Pass stuff, which... Uh, 
Miracle Mask didn't. And, you know, I, it's kind of weird because, you know, it's uh, the Street Pass things like just uh, you challenge other players to find things hidden in the uh, environment there. But, uh, I mean, most of the things are kind of easy to find. So, I don't know. What, do you, what, do you, what are they finding? Do, you, like, well, do they, like, uh, put objects in the environments and then... No, no, it's like, like objects go see. are already... Uh, they're already part of the the scenery, so you basically. So it's just, just an like, I spy. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the the players can't really program new objects in there. It's basically just you know, it seems well, like it's kind of a simple thing, but you know, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to to street pass somebody else that has the game. So. Yeah, that's the problem I had with this. Like the the first possum off okay because they uh, lost there before, but the other chapter is street that far. I don't know anyone else the game, so I can't get any others. Well, you you can buy more challenges with play coins at least. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I I could do that, or I could use those play coins for puzzle pieces. So it's you know, do I want to use play coins for puzzles or puzzles? Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> if I have the game. And I'm on your 3DS friend list. Is there any interaction there, or is it solely Street Pass? It's it's just solely Street Pass. Yeah, just Street Pass. So the main reason you would get it is if you want more latent puzzles. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's latent. Latent games kind of play it safe, you know. And if you like one, you'll chances are good you'll like the rest. Okay. Unless uh, you're one of those weirdos who only bought the fourth latent game for hey. love and life and never wanted to uh, play the main story at all. Shouty. Uh, hey. Why? I, I, I don't know. I don't know anyone like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even play London Life. So yourself, what games have you been playing as of late? I put some time into Adventure Island this week. Demoed basically the whole series. Adventure Island, New Adventure Island, Super Adventure Island, two, three, four. So, an interesting thing I learned is that the Japanese-only NES game, Adventure Island 4, is uh, an adventure platformer similar to Euphoria or Faxanadu. So, uh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to be playing through the entire series from beginning to end. That's in the court of feet. Yeah, it's the premise for a new blog. Oh, okay. Play Adventure Island from beginning to the end, as hmm. many times as possible. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite from your preliminary review? I haven't played them enough to really have a favorite at all, but Adventure Island 2 seems pretty good. That okay. picks up a lot of the advances made by Super Mario Brothers 3 with the uh, world map and items carrying over between levels and stuff like that, uh, short levels. I think that one just has, like, the right pacing for me. But Adventure Island itself is pretty fun. Okay. And it reminds me of recent super hard platformers like N-Plus or uh, or Super Meat Boy or uh, Explosion Man or something like that, where it's, like, just a really fixed set of inputs that you have to hit at a certain time. Yeah, that game did not have very rich enemy interaction, so it was pretty much, you're either dead or just okay. Yeah, it's like health bar interaction is what you get. Yeah. Uh, Sanrio, what have you been playing? Yesterday I just finished um, 
My own Doki Doki Adventure. Oh, the Super Nintendo one. Yes. Wait. <sighs> uh, actually, I started playing it almost a year ago, but I just uh, passed away when I started with some um, boss. But I like it. It's a fun platformer. I like fun platformers. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a game I wish I had more time to revisit. Yeah. That was neat when that came out on Virtual Console. It was pretty rare for Virtual Console to get interesting games that had never come out over here before. Like we got Mario Baby. <laughs> yeah, I have to continue Death Zone too sometimes. Especially in Aunt Parodius. Huh, yeah. Well, we got Star Paroger, that's something. We got what? Star Paroger. Oh, Star Parodier, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I, I heard Star Poacher. Yeah, Star Parodier. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a parody of Star Soldier. I, you know, sometimes I I call it Star Paroger, so. <laughs> I like Star Parodier. That's probably what it's supposed to be. I like getting to play as a Turbo Graphics. That's that my is part. really the best thing. I mean, how many games? It, I thought it was a PC engine. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, it's boy. Just a <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah, the hitbox on a turbo graphics would be pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Shinniketsu Koha is a brawler that pits Kunio-kun and three of his friends against a gauntlet of high schoolers and gangsters. Up next, we start our discussion of the game with a survey of tactics. How do you approach an enemy? What do you do when an enemy overwhelms you? Which abilities do you find the most helpful? Everyone's got their own take on combat. These questions were gathered by yourself, and these are mostly trying to gather raw data from which we can draw interpretations later on. In general, trying to get a feel for how people strategy, for how people reached a strategy in this game. I was trying not to say strategize. So, Wario Fan 63, let's kick it off with you. What was a particular attack chain that you found successful? Was that a literal kick it off? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate this. Well, now I I sort of go into these type of games uh, guns blazing, I guess, but there's no guns in this game, so. I can't really use that one. But generally, like, you know, I'm beating up people. As, you know, as, as soon as I, I want to beat them up right away, you know. So, so. So you immediately go on the offensive and defensive. Ex- exactly. You know, I don't want them to beat me up first. I got to beat them up uh, before they beat me up. I have my health bar to think about. <laughs> um, so is that to say you can't name a specific attack chain and that you just used random ones? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if this would fall into one of the, your later questions here, but uh, something I like to do is uh, knock him down and then just sort of turn around, wait for him to get up, and use a back attack to knock him down again. And then, okay. uh, Yeah. So uh, you would prioritize getting them to the ground, and the easiest way you found to do that was the back attack. Yeah, actually, I think that works without fail every time, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a back attack, it always knocks him down. Yes. And that's what I like, because if they can't get up, they can't hit me. <laughs> Just going to pull that quote out of context. 
Yourself, what was an attack chain that you found successful? I would usually try to approach enemies with a kick because a kick had longer range than the punches and you have the exact same range as enemies in this game, so you uh will take damage if you go in for a punch. So I would try to go in for a kick and then after a couple hits, the enemy would go into a stun state and after the enemy went into a stun state, I would, uh, you know, approach them, grapple them, get in a couple more hits and a throw. So that was a kind of standard of chat chain for me. Just kick, then punches, then grab, then throw. Personally, um, I had a hard time getting into throws. It felt like they were easier to do later on in the game. Yeah, like certain enemies early on, I didn't think it were possible to grapple. Was that the case with you? No, I think you could grapple on enemies. Okay. When you're in your prison uniform, you can't grapple, but once you're out of that... Okay. They just have to be in a stun state, like, with their arms hanging down, kind of. It's uh, Streets of Rage rules. Is that Streets of Rage rules? Like, if you stun someone and then walk into them, you instantly grab them. Right. Okay. Shadi, what was an attack chain that you used? I think when in doubt, I just did a flying kick at the enemy and then stomped them on the ground and waited for them to get back up and then rinse repeat. So because of the nature of the jumps in this game, there is a certain amount of risk to that strategy, right? Yeah, but if you can time the kicks, you can reach their hurt box before they get you. Okay. But yeah, um, this is before I learned about the guard moves, though, which I don't want to get into too much detail, but I, I felt that it was the safest strategy for me. Because anything else would get me too up close to the enemies. So even though there was a certain element of risk with the jump, you found a way to perfect that one element, and it removed all other aspects of danger. Yeah, uh, although there are some bosses who will just block uh, my flying kick. Uh, can you name a particular one? The hit guy. The hit guy? Yeah, the <laughs> giant guy in the disco club. Oh, the the one who asks you to chew the floor. Yeah. Man, this must be a very poor club because they're only offering food off the floor. <laughs> no, it's just that clean. <laughs> Even though we're walking all over it? Well, you're supposed to take your shoes off first. Oh. Is that how things work in Japan? <laughs> uh, Zanrio, what was an attack chain that you found successful? Jump kick, walk away. Jump kick, walk away. Jump kick back again. Would you go in for the kick while they're down? Yeah, but I couldn't always figure out how to do it. It took me a while to realize I could actually attack enemies when they were down. It's a lot easier to do with the female characters because they won't get on top of the guys. They'll just kick um, anyone who's down. Oh, okay. So is that the down kick something you discovered by accident? Yeah, partially that and... Partially reading the controls from a guide because I couldn't figure out how to block. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting that uh, the controls are like tucked away on the continue menu. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh, also, yeah. Took, also took me too long to find out I could switch characters because I just don't use the left for the other games I've played. Yeah, I don't remember how I figured that out. Shouldn't it be your intuition to try out every single button at any time? Personally, I found myself doing a lot of 
kick, then block, then go into some special attack if I can. Because I found that while my kick was useful for stunning enemies, big enemies like bosses would not be stunned long enough for me to go in for a more significant attack, so I would always have to block, like, immediately afterwards. It's the kind of game where you have to take each hit as it comes. It's very difficult to go from one hit to another, I found. Yeah, I think in Battles Against Bosses in particular, I ended up blocking more often than attacking. Just getting up close to them and hitting block just in case, basically. Play the game of rock, paper, scissors, and if they would attack and leave themselves vulnerable, then I would take the opportunity to attack afterwards. Yeah, so it was important to learn how to take advantage of the long window on special attacks from bosses, because that would give you a good opening. Yeah, the fact that you have a good block is pretty nice. Yes. Actually, I was wondering, yourself, how did you know when to block? Uh, I almost never block unless I'm in a boss battle. I tend to just run through my health. I go with the flow of the combat, and I I never had any real clear indication that I should block, really. I just never found myself using it, except in boss fights. And you are up to the first bike stage, right? Next stage after that. The waterfront. Right. Okay. Sanrio, have you experimented with the block button much? A bit. I guess I've mostly tried to block when I'm near an enemy and then attack. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah. So is that to say, like, you don't have a great sense of when it works, or could you say yeah. when it does work and when it doesn't? No, I don't think I have a great sense of it. Maybe I'll, I'll have to like, do it before the attack or click it just exactly when they attack. Or how long I have to block before I can or should attack. Okay. Yeah, it is important to work blocking into the rhythm of combat, and part of that is figuring out the right rhythm of blocking. Yeah. You get locked into a block for a long time, and you can't quickly sequence into one. So that is why I say it reminds me of rock, paper, scissors in that there is a predictive element to it. I feel like a lot of the animations in this game feel like they take a while, though. Partially because enemies are, like, enemies don't have ridiculous stun times. Yeah. yeah. Shouty, how did you know when to block? I think I only used the block button to prepare any special attacks. I never really used it to block or to avoid damage. It was just for the purposes of setting up a powerful move. Okay, so for you, it was really just uh, the special move button. Yeah, I really know. It is worth noting that that I like how easy that control input is. Uh, it's a good way of doubling your move set while only making you press one other button. Yeah, but why couldn't they um have combinations of movement and attacking? Like, why isn't there some kind of dashing attack? A, actually, a dash attack would have been nice, yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. have to jump attack. There seems to be a lot more just blocking-based attacks than movement-based ones. It does move at a pretty sluggish pace. WarioFan63, have you gotten much use out of blocking? Uh, no. <laughs> when I block, I don't hit the enemies. And if I don't hit the enemies, they don't perish. So, well, 
you know, this is kind of counterproductive to my overall goals here. <laughs> I see. If your goal is to eliminate all the enemies on the screen, blocking does not apparently get you any closer. Exactly. I, I have tried blocking a bit, and I don't know, maybe I just used it wrong, but I felt like I was losing as much health as I was without the block. Have I been using special moves with, uh, with the block button? Special moves with the block button? Yeah, if you do a move right after, if you press an attack button right after you block, you do a special move. Oh. Yeah. That's new. Blue Warrior fans blind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I didn't figure this out until, like, the second to last boss. I don't remember how I figured that out, but I knew it, like, right away. Oh. Well, I guess you're a lot more inquisitive than I am. No, I probably just read something and don't remember reading it. <laughs> Alright. I found out, I think, during the first Shinji boss fight, because that is the first fight where I found blocking super useful. And I would always want to block and then attack him right afterwards, but I would press the button prematurely and then, oh, that's how you do a special attack. Yeah. One you should probably know is uh, Ricky's guard kick uh, is really OP and will beat any enemy in the game, except <coughs> for the much. final boss. Oh, I don't know. I use that to, to defeat the final boss. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we should leave that for next time, not exactly uh, spoil it for everybody. Oh, yeah. I found myself blocking a lot because, for one, the block is really powerful. It will block pretty much anything that comes from in front of you. And I found it easier to get into the rhythm of combat if, like, I let an enemy to attack me and then I could, uh, that left them open for my attack. Um, Your super attack? Well, no. Oftentimes I wouldn't want to do a super attack because that would lock me into a long animation. <clears throat> That's Not actually... using Ricky's guard kick. Well... I I think on my next playthrough I might have to just not allow myself that move because that really <laughs> does ruin the game. But no, it doesn't ruin the game, but it can if you abuse it. So yeah, it took a lot of experimentation and there are different rhythms for different enemies, but I did find it satisfying to block and it let me get through a lot cleaner than I would have otherwise. Yeah, I've been trying to kind of pick it up as I move further into the game. It feels like there is some use for it. I said I don't use it much, but I think I'm trying to figure it out. So as you continue to play the game, you continue to investigate the usefulness of the guard move. Yeah. There's probably a less pretentious way to phrase that sentence. <laughs> uh, so I, if I might talk about guarding a little more. Oh, I, God. <laughs> <laughs> I found it was... For the larger, more offensive enemies, I found it was important to open with a guard. Because, like, if an enemy is really tall, they'll have a, a larger range, and so I won't be able to go right into them attacking. But for small, fast enemies, I typically wanted to open with something like a, a punch. And they were pretty easy to get into a stun chain. That's pretty much the range of deviation that the, that the game explores. Yeah, I don't know about the large enemies you're talking about. Okay. So, Zanrio, I was wondering, have you struggled with any of the enemies so far? Well, uh, mostly the bosses. Yeah, they are hard. <laughs> yeah. So how did you figure out how to beat a boss? Just button mashing until I found something that worked and kept on doing that. I see. So you would just try different ways of approaching the boss until you ran into one that worked against him. Yeah. And so what was... 
Like, what did you do against the boss uh, atop the crumbling school? I guess there was bus smashing. Uh, I didn't beat him until I realized I could switch characters. Ah. Was it a soft match with bosses then? I guess what's the next one I had more problems with? The next one is the Shinji fight at the amusement park, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's what's hard. I feel like games tend to have a moment where suddenly you have to come to grips with the core mechanics of the game and the scope of everything finally makes sense. Yeah. And the Shinji fight, the first Shinji fight, is that moment in this game. Um, yeah, that's the last, right? That's what I. Well, that makes sense because Shinji uses super moves similar to yours. Yeah, that's true. He's uh, the third he's like double the first... dragon. The <laughs> uh, <laughs> triple dragon. He he has your special moves, and I his combos and special moves do enough damage that button mashing even with all four characters, does not get you through. Yeah. Got me through. Well, you weren't button mashing. Oh, well, I was mashing button when I was pounding on him on the ground with my foot. <laughs> so, Shouty, actually, while you're here, were there enemies you were struggling with? Like, basic enemies? A- any enemy. Did you struggle well, against Misuzu? Mizuzu? Mizuzuki? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I did, but um, I think she's meant to be a, a roadblock for many gamers, for many players, but I don't think many people here have gone up to her. I don't think we would consider the finer mechanics of the game spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Okay, well, there is there is this one enemy later on in the game that uses a knife, <clears throat> and um, I think that just prevents you from getting anywhere near them, because they'll just bring that knife on you, and... It's, it, you can't block the knife. Yeah, that guy was really surprising. So, so yeah. Go ahead. What did you find that worked against him? I think just using the flying kick worked well because that that got you in a position where your hitbox will get into his hurt box and he can't spring the knife on you. So, walk me through the process of how you figured that out. Well, I mean, since that was sort of my M.O. for every enemy in this game, it, it, it kind of was just... It, it was just that that one enemy that, that the game expected me to use that strategy on, I think. So you just had a default strategy, like, when an enemy is difficult, <clears throat> use the flying kick, and you can usually beat him up pretty badly. Yeah. Um, and so when the knife guy gave you grief, you tried it. And it was just sort of serendipitous that also... It's probably one of the intended strategies for the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is neat that uh, they let you rely on the guard for so long, and then there's a counter to it pretty late in the game. Yeah. It's, it's a game breaker. Yeah. I mean, in a good sense, though. It made me relearn the game and uh, approach the mechanics from a different angle. Yeah. WarioFan63, have you struggled with any of the enemies? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I have been struggling with, uh, Shinji down at the, uh, amusement park. It's got that, I don't know, that flying kick. It just sends you way across, like, several screens. Several screens? Several screens! <laughs> oh, you mean the, uh, hurricane kick? Yeah. Hundreds of screens. <laughs> so, have you beaten him yet? Oh, yeah, I, I, well, I beat him there, and then he escaped to the, uh, the warehouse or whatever. 
Typical. Yeah, typical Shinji. <laughs> Whenever he's feeling down, he just goes to the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> right after the first motorcycle level, yeah. That's, that's the directions you give to people. Uh-huh. So how did you figure out how to beat Shinji in the amusement park? <laughs> well, now, you may have noticed my pattern so far is to just beat up people. So <laughs> my strategy was to figure out how to continue to beat up people without dying, and this involved using the select character button. Is the Shinji fight where you started swapping characters? No, it is not, but I think that's when I became frightened that I would lose because what I thought would happen was you would, if you, if a character lost health, they'd just be incapacitated until whenever. But it turns out your, your current life is the current character. So, so you kind of have to strategize swapping just before they die so that you don't die. You do have to learn which enemy attacks do how much damage. There is an element of strategy that an enemy can have two attacks, a weak one and a strong one. And if you have just enough life left, you might say, well, I could take a weak attack, but if I get hit by a strong one, I'm going to die. And so there's a gamble there that you might be able to see the strong one coming and you're relying on that. If that makes any sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. So was uh, was character swapping enough to get you through that fight with button mashing, or did you have to... Yeah, actually it was. <laughs> okay. So when you say button mashing... Is this Wario fan walks up to Shinji and mashes the Y button? Uh, yeah, well, usually, usually I do the kick buttons, uh, and then when they're down on the ground, I, I see it if I can, I, I don't, I don't think I figured out which button triggers the stomping and which one triggers just sitting on them and punching them in the face, but, uh, you know, regardless, if I, if I'm, if they're down, I'll go over there and beat them up. <laughs> I don't think you can mount, um, <laughs> I don't think you can mount uh, boss-type enemies. Pin. Right. Pin. Yeah, pin. Mount, whatever. Um. Mount. What is your yeah. horse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Oh, wait, you can? Oh, that explains why I, um, it sometimes didn't, didn't work when I yeah. tried. So the way you pin an enemy is just, if they're on the ground, you have to put your foot on their chest, I think it is, or somewhere around that space of their body. I think you just mm. press down. Yeah. Well, there's one attack that's a stomp, and then there's yeah, one where you that's sit down kick. And yeah, I think that's the game gets confused and it doesn't know which one you want, and that's yeah, why it's not... just easier to use the girl characters. Well, it is possible out. to stand over an enemy and do the stomp kick without getting locked into the pin animation. You know what? I, it's it was just first hard. time. Yeah, but it's not reliable. No, it is not. First time he, he they actually sat down. To start the uh, punch in the face animation, I did not understand. This is the punch in the face animation. I just thought they were sitting down on him. Like, what's this doing? Why? Why? What? <laughs> what, what I was gonna give him a real talking to. <laughs> I, I thought it might have been some sort of you know Japanese school boy thing. <laughs> what? I don't know. Like, like, teasing them? I don't know. Like, this like culture Poncho? has strange traditions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, strange I, traditions of, uh, forming gangs in high school and, uh, beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, if we might do an aside, like, is anyone else bugged by that? By what? 
by, like, school kids turning into gangs, and there's, like, apparently a network of gang warfare. I think it's totally sweet. That that seems part of the course. I mean, there's several Japanese games about that, aren't there? Yeah, there's several Japanese games about And everywhere else. I think I heard gangs. Gang as in, like, uh, people have an allegiance to Kunio, and people beat up people who are in Kunio's gang. Like, Kunio doesn't really have a gang, though. He's the leader of the Ketsu Hunt. Yeah, I don't know what that means, though. So you don't have a good enough sense of the world to really say one way or the other whether this is, like, a troubling concept? Can't even I think, why you're well, I think it's like what um yourself said. It's dystopian, in a sense. Okay. I think it's just I'm used to so many video game tropes that this is not so odd for me. That's what bugs me. Like, I, <laughs> I got really wrapped up in the story and then, like, looked at it and said, wait, I'm taking this for granted because it's a video game. No, I think it's pretty bizarre. I think it's, like, Battle Royale level weird. Oh. Like, maybe, if this, maybe if this was like, you know, uh, baby Kunio Kun beating up other babies, that might be something like. Babies? What? <laughs> babies fighting other babies? What? Are, are they like the leaders of their daycares? <laughs> Downtown to catch a daycare. <laughs> Man, why didn't they do that game? Uh, with that out of the way yourself did you struggle with any of the enemies not in particular I thought they all had well I haven't gotten too far in the game yet either though I'm only about a third of the way through so so far everyone has been pretty manageable to the point where I can either hit them with an attack or a block and not have too much trouble, but in the Shinji boss fight, as we were talking about before, yeah, that was an interesting one. For that, what I ended up doing was blocking a whole lot, as I said, and uh waiting for him to use specials that would leave him open, and also trying to attack him from the sides a lot, because that seemed to be successful. Okay. Later in the game, I did come to rely on the attacking from the side strategy, but that feels like... It just feels unintentional. Like, Well, not unintentional, like but... Yes, it feels like I'm breaking the game. Well, that's just like one of the shortcomings of beat-em-ups with these sort of faux Z-axis planes. But the Z-axis is necessary so that you can't corner an enemy, right? Oh, is that what that's for? Because, like, in the side, the side-scrolling stages are a lot easier, right? Or the, not the side, the two yeah. stages. Yeah. The only X and Y axis, um, areas. I think I prefer playing those anyway. Yeah, those are easier. And why would you say that is? Why they're easier or why I, I enjoy oh, them more? Why they're easier. Oh, well, like you said, you can corner your enemies. Okay. And yourself, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think when you can't get an enemy on the same plane as you, then you don't necessarily have a uh, fixed point of attack or defense. 
it's it keeps it in constant motion when you've got the Z axis in there. Yeah. It's very static when it switches to the flat TV. So when you say static, I imagine that as it's really easy to remember one sequence of buttons and timing and just do the fight that way. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So it seems like the problem might be, like, the Z-axis is effective at keeping a dynamic sense of flow, but just the enemy AI is not too smart about avoiding you on that axis. And that if they watched me better when I was coming up from below, then the game might be a little better balanced. (laughs) Hmm. Although there are certain boss fights, like a... Misuzu's hitbox is ridiculously large, so I think that that's the strategy they want you to go with. Like, mm-hmm. it's intentional there. I, Misuzu's always ramming into you, too. Yeah. I shouldn't say intentional, because that's... I don't like that road of... that line of thinking. Um, but you get the sense. Like, it feels like I'm engaging the game's interesting mechanics mm-hmm. when I do that. Um, if I was struggling with an enemy... Typically what I did was seek out the best time to block and go from there. So it might be with a faster enemy, I'd have to work a block into my in my attack chain. If it were with a slower enemy, I might have to open with a block, something like that. But I found working my strategies around the block very effective because it gave me one place where I was safe and I could just observe the enemy and do whatever I need to a couple of seconds later. Uh, it gave me that delay time to process what was going on. So how'd you deal with the knife guys? Those uh, wrecked me pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, actually, I did go to kicking them as well, because uh-huh. their health was low enough that that attack plan was not too onerous. Mm-hmm. So, Shouty, did you have a preferred spatial scenario? I think I like it best when... The enemy is charging at me uh, from afar, so I can always um, set up a, a super move. Whether it's you know something like uh, Ricky's guard kick or his um his guard back attack. So when you do that, the enemy is charging you. You press block. Do you let the enemy connect with your block before attacking, or do you do an attack so that when their attack connects, your special interrupts it? Yeah, I do the I do the latter, and um, I try to do it when they're they're most open as they're running towards me. That seems really risky. Really, I think it just I think it's really satisfying. Well, I, I mean, those concepts aren't disconnected. Um, yeah, but but I I just feel like if I can just time this, I'm I'm completely safe. I guess it's just because I have a good. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think <laughs> that. I think I have a good grasp on the timing, okay. so I think I'm comfortable with it. Would there be times when you mistimed it and an enemy's attack got through yours? I think, I don't know, I that, that might have been a rare occasion, and I might have just been not paying attention. <laughs> okay. I definitely waited, and that would screw me over, because sometimes the... Because enemies' attacks will push you back when you're blocking... Mm-hmm. There were a lot of times when that would push me out of the enemy's range, and then I would just have to figure out some other way to get at them. 
Yeah, see, that's what I was worried about, so I just try to bait them to the punch. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and Ricky and Kyoko have very high-priority special moves, but what about Kunio and Masako? Did you get any use out of their special moves similarly? You know, I think the hitbox on their, like, stopping moves are kind of wonky. How like, so? Like, the guard punch. It just has Kunio going to this weird flip, horizontal flip, and then for Misako, she also does a flip, but it's I guess it's more forward. So I guess that would be easier to utilize. I, but for all characters, there is this um, guard jump uh, knee attack, so that would be pretty effective. Okay, so when you were relying on that strategy, that really only applied to the right half of the character select. Mm-hmm. Okay. WarioFan63, how did you play the space? Uh, office space? Yes. Well... <laughs> If, if Kunio is the guardian of his school, do you think now he's the guardian of his office? I'd say so, yeah. Absolutely. Salary man. Salary man gangsters. <laughs> Downtown to catch you business. I don't know whether or not this is a joke. I really don't know enough about other cultures. <laughs> I must protect the quarterly reports. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Warrior fan, go on. Oh well, I, if they haven't picked up by it, on it by now, I I'm not good at the uh, the good strategy for this type of game. So I mean, you know, so, even with you know Hurricane Kick Man coming straight on to me, I'm rushing towards him too, saying, "Oh, maybe I can stop it if I punch him in the foot." So, <laughs> so your yeah. pre- preferred spatial scenario is get up close and personal. Exactly. Invade their personal space. I see. Yes. Uh, Is that to say, so, if you knock an enemy far away, is that, do you try to not do that? Actually, I guess, you know, what I was saying before does kind of tie into this one too, doesn't it? Like, knocking them down, waiting for to get back up, and then using the back attack to knock them down again, right? So, the way you play, like, they need to get close to play into your attacks. Right. But you didn't necessarily try to keep them close. Right. Well, I mean, one-on-one, you know, if, if, if it was down to me and one other enemy on the screen, uh, you know, I'm a little more reckless. But uh, I think, yeah, when there are, you know, two, at, you know, well, I guess there isn't usually more than two, is there? I think two is the max. It is. But when there's, when there's you know, two on, on me, you know, I, I'm trying to, to just, you know, maybe double back attack or something. I don't know. So you would try to get the two enemies to play into the same space. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is worth noting. If enemies have similar rhythms, it is helpful if you can get them together. But if you've got a slow guy and a fast guy, uh, you typically want them separated because the fast guy or the slow guy is going to interrupt your attack on the guy of the opposing variety, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah, take note that you can't stack enemies in real life to punch. Uh, You can't punch three guys with one hit. (laughs) That would be pretty impressive, though. (laughs) Probably if you were one of the guys from Combat Tribes, you could. (laughs) 
look like this, guys. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the, like, knocking enemies far away thing is something I struggle a little bit with because if I knock an enemy far away, that's less time I spend laying into them. And once they get back up, bosses will have an invincibility time, so I kind of don't like doing that. But also, keeping them close to you is a surefire way to get hit, because bosses are fast enough that they will interrupt you eventually. So a big part of the spatial game is figuring out when the best opportunity is to back off. Yeah, I, I couldn't really figure out how to throw them far away. Oh, I just mean um, doing an attack that knocks them down, like a jump kick or a back attack. Ah, okay, <clears throat> okay. So, Zanrio, did you have a preferred spatial scenario? Did you try to keep them close or yeah, far away? Try to attack from far away a lot of the time. It didn't feel safe to be too close to them. Since if you're close to them, they're going to hit you, basically. Yeah. 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 So, when you got close to them, was it like it was hard to see the attacks coming? Yeah. And most of us keep attacking and sometimes block what I'd eventually get it. Yeah. Uh, so how far away did you typically stand from enemies? Uh, a bit. Just before they couldn't hit me or jump kick distance. Okay, so you would stay within a distance where you could launch a, a jump kick on them. Yeah. Sometimes uh, Sometimes I messed it up and I... And they attacked me, and I, I didn't hit them, but I attacked me. Yeah. So I landed. <laughs> That'll happen. Okay. Yourself, how did you try to play the space? So I would try to keep enemies on the same side of me, and I would also try to keep distance from one enemy and close to another. So you'd, like, throw one enemy and then start fighting the other enemy in the same direction that I threw the previous enemy. So you would try to, like, queue up lines of enemies? Kinda. I just always, like, don't like them to get behind me, so I, yeah, just always make sure I'm swapping sides with them, controlling my vulnerabilities. Is that to say you didn't get much use out of the back attack? Uh, I actually don't use a back attack very much, no. It's really hard to work in. I just... It's a big thing in these Technos games sometimes, but I never... In some of them I use it a lot. Like, in Double Dragon 2 I use it all the time. But in, uh, this one... But the thing about the back attacks is that, um... Uh, Riki's and Misako's back attack are really useful because they have a lot of range. I mean, uh, the guard ones. They're special back attacks. Yeah, they're guard, right. they're special ones. I think um, Kunio and Kyoko have the back kick while... Oh, no, 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 I'm wrong. Kyoko will just slap behind whoever is there. But Kunio will kick, and Ricky will use his elbow. I think Misako does the same thing. And Ricky's, yeah, special back attack is like a breakdance move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yourself, why would you say that uh, you get more mileage out of back attacks in Double Dragon 2 than in uh, Shin the Kitsukoha? In Double Dragon 2, 
the enemies feel a bit more aggressive and there is no blocking, so I can't stand my ground in any way. You can't you you can't get them all on the same side the way you can in SNK. Right, I can't always do a throw and I find that you get surrounded much more often. You're in less control of the space. Yeah, okay. Are there more enemies on screen in Double Dragon 2? Uh, shoot, is that a two or three? I think it's just two in that one. Hmm. I never use the back attack because with the kicking and the punching uh, and the guarding, a lot of your options are forward-oriented, and then it seems like the back attack... uh, It's hard to fit the back attack into those. And uh, it's not supposed to. It's supposed to hit enemies that you're not chaining with. What if you make your back your forward? You mean, like, purposely letting an enemy approach me from behind? Yeah. Well, I never used that because it didn't chain real well into kicks and punches, because I'm turned the wrong way. I don't know. I I kind of avoid the chaining because it's it sort of turns into a... It can, it can turn into a back and forth between you and your opponent, just punching each other, trading jabs. I know. It's more dynamic, and uh, it requires more skill. Yeah, but you lose more health that way. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the point is to keep your health bar at its fullest. I think this game in general has a lot of ways to keep your health bar safe that make the game really boring. Well, not really boring. That make the game not as interesting. Yeah, I I think that what I was talking about when I was saying, like, use all your characters is that there are ways to protect your health, but I think that you're probably going to be detracting from how much you are actually engaging in the combat. You know, do you want to do jump kicks the whole time? It's that crazy question you get with fighting games where, like, you can clear Street Fighter 2 by only doing Hadoukens, or Hadoukens, but that Where's also... The fires? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Arena. Um, <laughs> but that's also not a fun game, so it requires the player to, like... Well, it doesn't require the player, but... Uh, I am certainly incentivized to make up my own rules beyond the rules of the game. Right. And, and this, this is my, this might be where you introduce some, uh, some incentive like a beating a fight so efficiently or using such variety of moves or something like that. Uh, where rule systems that you see in Devil May Cry and latter day action games help to remove that unfun style of play by giving you a guideline for a fun style of play. Yeah, that's a good point. My spatial scenario changed depending on the type of enemy, and one of the most interesting boss fights, the climax of the game, I guess I can't say too much because that actually would be a spoiler, but towards the end of the game, like the second to final boss fight, is pretty dynamic because he will get into different moods where he will like blocking, or he will like charging you, or he will like, you know, waiting for you to come up close and then he'll sock you. So it was interesting reading what his plan was and then thinking what space he wanted and how I could work around that. And I guess in simpler terms, in general, each enemy just had one space where they wanted you, where uh, Misuzu, the big charging enemy, 
would want you right in front of her so that she could, you know, so she could rush forward. So I would approach her from the Z-axis. So a big part of reading the spatial game for me was getting hit by the enemy a bunch and then seeing how they could hit me. I don't think there is a particular spatial scenario that is the answer to the game and that uh, the game has a, has a good sense of variety when it comes to that, it getting you to explore different spaces. Yeah. And there are a couple of questions here about which enemy would you attack first in an encounter, in, in an encounter, and if there was a good way to use enemies against each other, but I don't think... In part, we answered those questions. In part, uh, they're kind of not relevant to this game. But did it... Did folks want to go over those? Yeah, using enemies against each other was like... I was trying to think of how you could do it in this game, and I really couldn't come up with anything. So There's I wanted no wind to see, fighting. I wanted to see if anyone else... But that's kind of a standard element of beat-em-up, so... Uh, you know, I thought maybe... Something there. Uh, you can throw them at each other, of course. You can? Because I've tried that, and maybe I just wasn't lined up right. Um, I don't know if I've ever done it successfully. I just assumed. Okay. I've done throws, and they're enemies. Typically, enemies... uh, Well, there are a couple of instances where enemies would play off of each other pretty well. Like, at the disco... The track is called Beauty and the Beast, the soundtrack, because you get one small, fast character and one slow, big character. So that's like a really obvious way to play enemies off of each other. Yeah. I thought maybe we'd talk about more, more about enemies in the next one, right? Uh, well, if not enemies, what would we talk about? <laughs> Alright, uh, did anyone have any other thoughts on Shinikitsukoha? Yeah! For some reason, I'm, I found it easier to use Ricky and Kyoko than the others. Yes, I think Ricky and Kyoko, their attacks seem stronger. They put enemies into a little bit more of a stun, and yeah. their attacks are a higher priority. Yes. Also... I, I also got hit less. You I what? Yes. Uh, it also seems like I got hit less for them. Oh. So, with them, when using them... So, yeah. Yeah, enemies have a harder time getting through those uh, attacks. Mm, yeah. Something interesting I noticed about the girl characters is that at the end of a combo, uh, when with Kunia and Ricky, your final uppercut knocks the enemy away from you, whereas with the girl characters, your final kick knocks the enemy towards you. Oh. So that gives you an easier opportunity to get in some hits on the ground. I think the girl characters are meant to um, be more efficient with their time because they're a lot faster, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're faster and they don't have as many grapple moves. Or I don't think they can do throws, can they? No. Yeah. They really can't can't make contact with the enemy. They can't do throws, and they can't do the ground pound. I think on my next playthrough, I'm going to have to give the girls a lot more attention, because this time I spent, like, 90% of my time as Kunio. Yeah, I 
seem to like Kenny and Ricky better than the girls. I don't like not having the grapple moves. But it would be interesting to see how their faster pace changes up the flow of combat. Koji Igarashi directed Castlevania as we know it today, most notably through Symphony of the Night. Recently, he spoke at GDC about his experience, and we took the opportunity to ponder one of his comments about boss fights. writer Alexa Ray Correa wrote a summary of Igarashi's talk at GDC, and she caught an interesting comment on the boss design. She writes, in terms of balancing out enemies, Igarashi stressed the importance of boss fights. Developers should focus on balancing boss fights and make them the best they can since the bosses are star- the stars of the game. Igarashi shared his rule of thumb for making bosses the boss programmer should be able to defeat the enemy without taking a single hit. That's how you know the boss was developed correctly, and it clearly demonstrates signals of for how to defeat it. Uh, do we think this is possible for the bosses in Shinneketsu Koha, uh, Zanryo? Maybe about this would be hard. It may have to, like, just attack, go away, like, the jump kick or something, and just keep on doing that. So if you did do it in, in Shinneketsu Koha, it would be very repetitive and take a long time? Yeah, yeah. basically just the okay. second way to tell by kind of the time. Shouty, what was your sense on Shinneketsu Koha? I don't think it's to ask whether or not I can defeat these bosses without taking damage. I think the, the question should be, can the programmers who made who did the bosses defeat these bosses? And, um... I know it's difficult to judge since I don't even know the programmers, but I think there is a lot of um the deliberate. I think the way the the coders made the bosses was very deliberate, so there is a way to like cheese them and and uh, defeat them without taking any uh, damage. So, what is the meaningful difference between it's possible to beat a boss without taking any damage and? The developers actually have beaten the boss without taking any damage. Yeah. Like, like, is there like some sort of secret, uh, be all end all strategy for a boss without taking any damage? And I think that exists in Shinneketsu, uh, Koha, but, um, I think it would be rather tedious. Like, there's no fun way to do it unless, like, you got really skilled at the game and knew, uh, and knew the pre- precise timing of practically every move. And of every boss and enemy pattern. So the, as a developer, you would know those times. Yes. Okay. You know when when an, what an enemy is going to do based on their animation, and you would know how to react to that. See, I don't think bosses give you all that great of an animation tell though. They seem to whip attacks out of nowhere. Yeah, I didn't uh, get a whole lot of tell either. I don't know about that. I think they're just uh, more subtle, which makes uh, the bosses more difficult characters in general. Okay. That's what distinguishes them from common enemies. They're not going to telegraph their moves as obviously. 
uh, Wario fan, would you say that this is possible with the bosses in Shinoketsu Koha? It, it could be if you, uh, maybe if you strategize, I suppose. If you play defensively, it probably could, but... But you play offensively. Yeah, I play offensively, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Keneal would play offensively, too, if he were real. That's true. Uh, yourself made made a note about how the me- mechanics of Technos games typically feel, you know, kind of rough and tumble, uh, and you trade blows much more than you land precise hits. And... Um, there is a satisfaction to engaging the boss directly and trading hits. Yourself, would you say this quote would that this concept would work for bosses in Shinikitsuko? Yeah, probably. I thought when I was playing Shinji that if I had been, you know, at the top of my game, uh, I could have done it probably without getting hit, but uh, it wouldn't have been like fun to or. You know, I don't play for that. I would disagree that the rhythm of the game, especially having a guard move, still feels pretty nice even when you are playing defensively. So that it it is satisfying both ways, I guess I would say. Okay. Well, I like playing aggressively. Shouty, are there games in which you do go for a no-hit run of bosses? Only if the game lends itself to such a challenge, like... If I die in one hit, instead of just resetting the level whenever I take a hit. But, um, I tend not to really care about losing health in video games. I do try to conserve it. If I know there's going to be a later part where I'm going to, due to my ineptitude, I'm going to take a hit no matter what at a certain part of a level. So I need to keep that health. But, um, or maybe like a boss's attack, rather. When you say if a game lends itself, and then you went on to describe it, um, it sounds more like you're talking about the rule set rather than the mechanics. Yeah. So, like, Mega Man's mechanics lend themselves to perfect runs because they're very predictable and easy to get the hang of. Mm -hmm. But you also have a really sizable health bar, so in terms of rules, you're certainly allowed to take damage. So Mega Man is not a game where you would go for perfect runs of bosses. No, even though I've seen many people do it on the internet. Okay. Well, do everything you see on the internet. <laughs> but, like, uh, like a modern example, like a, a really recent one, in fact, uh, Donkey Kong Country Topical Freeze, you have hard mode, and in that you only have one health. So you don't have to restart the level manually. The game will do it for you. <laughs> WarioFan63, are there any games where you have done, uh, where you go for perfect boss runs? Yeah, well, um, I've, uh, I've done it in, uh, in Punch-Out, the new Punch-Out. That's, yeah, on Wii, isn't that, like, a trophy or yeah. something? Yeah. Okay. That's a game where the rule set lent itself because you were given a, an explicit reward for a no-hit run? Well, I mean, uh, the other challenges were more explicit, because those actually gave you stuff. The, the, the fact that you uh, you do it without getting hit is usually a cherry on top. It doesn't doesn't give you anything extra except the, like a stamp that tells you that you did it. So sometimes I would do it, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the bosses, well, the opponents, I guess, uh, all kind of telegraph their attacks, you know, before they, they do it, so you get used to reading them and uh, playing against that. Are there any games 
that have asked you to do a no-hit run of a boss, and you just had an absolutely miserable time doing so? I think that was a challenge in uh, Sonic 4 1. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the last level, beat the bosses without the oh. It was, uh, I, I remember being really annoyed <clears throat> that one, so. So why was it annoying in Sonic 4 and not in Punch Out Wii? I guess because, uh, fighting's all Little Mac does. I don't know. Um, I, I think there is just some more, uh, maybe it's because there's this, like, Little Mac just has moving and punching and ducking. Sonic's running all over the place, so there's more room for error there. The mechanics are much more pared back and precise in Punch-Out. Yeah. very discreet in Punch-Out. Yeah, uh, discreet is a good word for it. Um, um, go ahead, Jack. Um, yeah, I was going to cite another example where I didn't have a good time of um, of trying to perfect run a, a boss level in. It's Kirby Mass Attack, where if you lose any, if any of your Kirby's even take damage, you lose the, a gold ranking in the level. And there's one level where you have to do a boss rush. You have to defeat every mini-boss in the game in one level, and a new one without taking any damage. And it's really difficult. Easily the hardest level in the game. It sounds like what you're describing is also similar to Sonic 4, where... Um, oh yeah, and this, the last well, level of Sonic of, 4, you got all, all the boss fights. <laughs> well, that too. Um, I meant that the mechanics of Sonic don't lend themselves to perfect runs because... Like Wario fan said, he's kind of all over the place. And Kirby is literally all over the place. <laughs> it's very hard to follow each individual Kirby, right? Well, no, you can actually group them together by holding down on the touchpad. So why would you say it was... Uh... It's, it's still really hard, though, because like, there are times where, especially in one of the uh, bosses, which takes place underwater, and your Kirbys are scattered all over the place, and you got to make sure they don't run out of oxygen. Oh, what, there's air in that game? Yeah, Kirby can't breathe. I mean, he can't have infinite air because he can't inhale in that game. So, <laughs> <laughs> logistics of, of air aside, um, bottom line, would you say the mechanics of Mass Attack lend themselves to perfect runs? No, I don't. I don't know why they put that ranking system in there. I see. And it kind of annoyed me because I had to do it because I had to get all the achievements and I had to get unlock all the mini games. He's right, he did. So even if the developers might be able to do it, there are certainly scenarios in which it's not a reasonable thing to ask of the player. Yeah, and I could compare it to something like in Pikmin, where um there are challenges where you don't want to lose any of your Pikmin. No, 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 wait, I'm wrong. No, no, no wait, in Pikmin 2, they had that. Like, if you didn't lose any of your Pikmin, you'd get you you get rewarded with uh, a pink flower, saying that it was a perfect and run, even though you might not have gotten all the treasures in that challenge. But in Pikmin 3, the game doesn't care if you lose any Pikmin, especially during the the boss challenges. So, uh, was it any better in Pikmin 2 than in Kirby Mastic? Or is it the same problem? Um, well, the thing about in Pikmin 2 is that you only lose Pikmin if you if you try to go after the treasures in the in the in the dungeon floors. But you don't have to go after them, so it's optional. You can kind of like go for a high score or for a perfect run. I see. So instead of uh frustrating the mechanics, it instead gave light to a way of playing that you might not have considered otherwise. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think it works there, kind of. At least better than in Mass Attack, excuse me. Zenryo, yes. are there any games in which you've enjoyed uh, a no-hit run of a boss? Well, uh, I have to 
tried a lot of no hit-and-runs in themselves. And I think the only reason I would do that is to get a challenge or trope or something. But I also noticed that in the kinds of games with small health bars, where you can maybe take two or three hits or something, then I try to get hit as little as possible when fighting a boss, just to survive as long as I can. Yeah, so when you have a really small health bar, it's important not to get... It's, like, super-duper important not to get hit anyway, so chances are you're just not going to get hit outright. Yeah, so uh, if you have a bigger health bar, then it doesn't matter if I get hit now and then, since as long as it's not a lot, I probably will survive the fight. So, outside of the realm of boss fights... What about something like Rhythm Heaven? Yeah. Uh, do you ever go back and, like, perfect one of those? Well, well, yeah, but that's because you get perfect scores, so... I see. You There's an explicit reward. Yeah. Yeah, so both getting the medals and getting perfect, you can't get that little badge for it. But I kind of need a reason to do perfect runs. I need something for it, even if it's just, like, a small medal symbol. That's fair. Yeah. So I guess this is kind of implicit with the last question, but uh, Wario fan, uh, Igarashi is definitely not talking about brawlers uh, when he says this. He's talking about Castlevania action-y games. But do you think that's a con- that this is a concept we can apply to different genres anyway? Yeah, I think it uh, it can work for different genres. But, you know, I think... Uh, it probably works better with, you know, Castlevania types, action types, because, well, I, I mean, brawlers, they want you to get your hands dirty, you know? It just seems like if you play a brawler too defensively, you're just uh, breaking it, I guess. Well, not breaking it, but, like, uh, there's a... There's, you're not playing yeah. Well. Yeah, okay. But, like, you know, um, in, in a game like Castlevania or Metroid, you know, you want to observe your enemies, make sure that you're not, not caught off guard, you know, know how to play against them. Did anyone else want to remark on that? No. I think you voiced my opinions pretty well. Muramasa was a game that had a life bar, and then if you beat the game, you unlocked a difficulty mode that was one-hit death, so you had to do the boss battles in a perfect run. That was pretty satisfying. Just, like, I really... Muramasa like Castlevania, though, in terms of action-y? How action it is? Uh, yeah, no, I was going to kind of back to the last question because Golem decided not to ask me that one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt like uh, the discussion was petering out, and I didn't know if uh, I should just continue or not. Uh, whatever. Oh, wait. Oh, you mean the last question. Yeah, I did forget. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, so Muramasa was a game where, like, I really got to know it a lot better when I did that second run with the one-hit bats. And it just really got me focused on learning the mechanics of the game and engaging with the game, and it was just so much more rewarding to play that way. I honestly wish that that was what the game had been out of the box, just the one hit death mode, because I think that was so representative of the core of its mechanics. So the abstract concept behind what Igarashi says, uh, when I read what he said, 
It sounds more like just a pure balancing issue. But when we discussed it, it came out more like the player should have some clear way of reading the appropriate way to appreciate a game, if that makes any sense. Yeah, if you don't know how to perfect the game, you don't need to master a game to truly enjoy it or whatever, but you should be able to, I guess, see a path to mastery. Well, I think beyond that, you and Wario fan are enjoying Shinoketsu Koha, but I don't think you're on a path towards mastery, right? True. I'm just saying in regards to Irashi's quote. Okay. That's kind of what I take from that, that, like, there is a perfect run hidden behind every game experience. Alright, thank you everybody for joining in on CunioCast. I think we learned a lot today. I was actually wondering, before we go, yourself, do you ever bring any refreshments when, when we record these? Uh, I drink a full glass of water. Ah, yes. Keep your, keep your throat clear. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Zanrio, do you bring any refreshments? Um, sometimes, so usually, usually not. Okay. If I have any snacks lying around, then I eat them sometimes, so I don't usually bring anything specifically for this. I see. Okay. Uh, Shouty, do you come with any refreshments? Um, I have an almost finished bottle of lemon-lime flavored seltzer. Wow. Oh, that sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's kind of warm, too. Mmm, yum. <laughs> this is sodium and calorie-free. <laughs> you bought into the marketing. <laughs> so, Mario fan, do you uh, do you ever take a trip down to the lobby before we record? Oh yeah, all the time. I uh, I expect you bring in a whole vending machine of soda in here. <laughs> Various array of refreshments. <laughs> I'll take you at your word. I have trouble believing this, but uh. <laughs> you doubt me? No, no, no. I don't know. Um. Mario Pen, what's your favorite brand of pretzels? Snyder's. Alright, that's fair. Very good. <laughs> you know, I was never, I, I kinda thought Snyder's was a regional thing. Cause they say of Hanover on the package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just how far can they ship? Um, yeah, right. I, I usually prepare a healthy glass of soda. I, I what kind cola. of soda? Cola or maybe cherry flavored if I'm if I'm feeling, you know adventurous. I need some <laughs> varied flavorings <laughs> to my soda. <laughs> Zanrio, any final words? No, no really. Uh, Shouty, any final words? Two. Alright, I'll, I'll take it.
WarioFan63. Anything before we go? Far. <laughs> All right, well played. Uh, yourself? Tinietachi no Banka. Channeling the spirit of 1994 Japanese SNES commercials. Uh, it's really weird that that means eulogy of Kunio and friends. They're all dead. I think it might be. Uh, yeah, I haven't gotten to the uh, the titular elegy yet or eulogy. I, I'm waiting for that part. Um. Well, well, when one dies, all of them die. Get get a game over when one of them, one of them is defeated. Yeah. Is that the eulogy? Yes. It's oh. important to note it doesn't say the uh, the funeral or the death of Kaneo. It's just the eulogy of Kaneo. So <laughs> it perhaps the final boss has prepared the eulogy for Kaneo, which he proceeds to give to him, but he doesn't actually kill him. He just says, "Well, I got your eulogy prepared in advance for you know when it happens." But no, you're not gonna yeah, die. Yeah, the eulogy reads. Chew, uh, chew the floor. Oh, I was gonna say that. My, <laughs> my final word was gonna be end with that. Chew the floor, kiddo. Um, oh, sorry. Maybe, or it might be that just like the entire game is the eulogy. Like that's what they play at his funeral. Um, yeah, mm. I think so. <laughs> mm. This is how he'll be remembered: killing his classmates. <laughs> <laughs> I know his classmates included a, a giant hitman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Japan. <laughs> what is this, Billy Madison? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Thanks again. podcast was taken from Shin Niketsu Koha, Kuniotachi Nobanka. I'll leave you with this final thought. Brawlers often offer cheesy strategies like jump-kicking enemies to death, and they also have dangerous strategies that keep you close to enemies. When do you use which type of approach? What's the border where the cheesy strategy is too boring, or the dangerous strategy is too difficult? How do games explore that space between the cheesy and the dangerous? And how can we observe the full scope of the approaches? If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com. you like to fight in Shin Niketsu Koha? I want to beat him up right away, you know. Jump kick, walk away, jump kick, walk away, jump kick back again. I go with the flow of the combat. When in doubt, I just did a flying kick at the enemy and then stomped them on the ground and waited for them to get back up and then rinse repeat. Okay, uh, one at a time. Let me ask this. How do you approach each enemy? Uh, something I like to do is, uh, 
knock him down and then just sort of turn around, wait for him to get up, and use a back attack to knock him down again. And then, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, you would prioritize getting them to the ground, and the easiest way you found to do that was the back attack. Yeah, actually, I think that works without fail every time, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a back attack, it always knocks him down. Yes. And that's what I like, because if they can't get up, they can't hit me. And the others minimize their risk, too. I think when in doubt, I just did a flying kick at the enemy and then stomped them on the ground and waited for them to get back up and then rinse repeat. So because of the nature of the jumps in this game, there is a certain amount of risk to that strategy, right? Yeah, but if you can time the kicks, you can reach their hurt box before they get you. Okay. But yeah, um, this is before I learned about the guard moves, though which I don't want to get into too much detail, but I, I felt that it was the safest strategy for me because anything else would get me too up close to the enemies. So even though there was a certain element of risk with the jump, you found a way to perfect that one element and it removed all other aspects of danger. Yeah, uh, although there are some bosses who will just block uh, my flying kick. Yeah, I tried to attack from far away a lot of the time. It didn't feel safe to be too close to them. Since if you're close to them, they're going to hit you, basically. Yeah. 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 So, when you got close to them, was it like it was hard to see the attacks coming? Yeah. And most of us keep attacking and sometimes block, but I'd eventually get hit. Yeah. Uh, so, how far away did you typically stand from enemies? Uh, a bit just before they couldn't hit me or jump kick distance. Okay, so you would stay within a distance where you could launch a, a jump kick on them. Yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes I messed it up and, I, and they attacked me. And I, I didn't hit them, but I attacked me until I landed. <laughs> That'll happen. While Wario Fan got close to score clean back attacks, Shouty and Zanrio kept their distance to stay safe. Yourself kept his risk in mind, but he didn't focus so closely on minimizing it. I would usually try to approach enemies with a kick, because a kick had longer range than the punches, and you have the exact same range as enemies in this game, so you uh, will take damage if you go in for a punch. So I would try to go in for a kick, and then after a couple hits, the enemy would go into a stun state, and after the enemy went into a stun state, I would, uh, you know, approach them, grapple them, get in a couple more hits in a throw. So that was a kind of standard chat chain for me. Just kick, then punches, then grab, then throw. Which isn't to say he kept enemies close perpetually. So I would try to keep enemies on the same side of me, and I would also try to keep Distance from one enemy and close to another. So you'd like throw one enemy and then start fighting the other enemy in the same direction that I threw the previous enemy. I just don't like them to get behind me, so I yeah, just always make sure I'm swapping sides with them, controlling my vulnerabilities. Yeah, when there are, you know... Two on, on me, you know, I, I'm trying to just, you know, maybe double back attack or something. So you would try to get the two enemies to play into the same space. Right. Yeah, take note that you can't stack enemies in real life to punch. 
Uh, you can't punch three guys with one hit. <laughs> that would be pretty impressive, though. <laughs> Probably if you were one of the guys from Combat Tribes, you could. <laughs> I don't want to look like this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> In short, yourself kept himself close to enemies and landed successive hits. So does that mean his defensive game suffered? I tend to just run through my health. I go with the flow of the combat, and I, I never had any real clear indication that I should block, really. I just never found myself using it, except in boss fights. Except in boss fights, you say? In battles against bosses in particular, I ended up blocking more often than attacking. Just getting up close to them and hitting block, just in case, basically play the game of rock, paper, scissors, and if they would attack and leave themselves vulnerable, then I would take the opportunity to attack afterwards. What makes you say that? You get locked into a block for a long time, and you can't quickly sequence into one, so that is why I say it reminds me of rock, paper, scissors, and that there is a predictive element to it. Yourself also said that. There are ways to protect your health, but I think that you're probably going to be detracting from how much you are actually engaging in the combat. You know, do you want to do jump kicks the whole time? So, yourself spent most of his time up in the enemy's grill, and he often couldn't work in blocks. Sanrio experimented with blocking up close herself. I guess I'll mostly try to block when I'm near an enemy and then attack. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Is that to say, like, you don't have a great sense of when it works? No, I don't think I have a great sense of it. Maybe I'll, I'll have to, like, do it before they attack or click it off exactly when they attack. Or how long I have to block before I can or should attack. To which Wario fan struck a nice contrast. <laughs> block, I don't hit the enemies. And if I don't hit the enemies, they don't perish. So, well, you know, this is kind of counterproductive to my overall goals here. But then, Shouty paired Zanrio's sense of experimentation with Wario Fan's offense-oriented approach. I think I only used the block button to prepare any special attacks. I never really used it to block or to avoid damage. It was just for the purposes of setting up a powerful move. And, getting into more detail, he said, I think I like it best when the enemy is charging at me uh, from afar, so I can always um, set up a, a super move. Whether it's, you know, something like uh, Ricky's guard kick or his um his guard back attack. So when you do that, the enemy is charging you, you press block. Do you let the enemy connect with your block before attacking, or do you do an attack so that when their attack connects, your special interrupts it? Yeah, I do the I do the latter, and um, I try to do it when they're they're most open as they're running towards me. That seems really risky. Really, I think it just I think it's really satisfying. Well, I, I mean, those concepts aren't disconnected. Um, yeah, but but I I just feel like if I can just time this, then I'm I'm completely safe. And in even more detail, Shouty discussed the guard attacks for Kunio and Misako. You know, I think the hitbox on their, like, stopping moves are kind of wonky. How like, so? 
like the guard punch. It just has Kunio going into this weird flip, horizontal flip, and then for Misako, she also does a flip, but it's I guess it's more forward. So I guess that would be easier to utilize. I, but for all characters, there is this um, guard jump uh, knee attack, so that would be pretty effective. Okay, so when you were relying on that strategy, that really only applied to the right half of the character select. Mm-hmm. To which Sanrio added, For some reason, I'm, I found it easier to use Riki and Kyoko than the others. It also seems like I got Hitler when using them. In fact, while we're on the topic of character distinction... Something interesting I noticed about the girl characters is that at the end of a combo, when with Kunia and Ricky, your final uppercut knocks the enemy away from you, whereas with the girl characters, your final kick knocks the enemy towards you. Oh. So that gives you an easier opportunity to get in some hits on the ground. I think the girl characters are meant to um, be more efficient with their time because they're a lot faster, too. Yeah, they're faster and they don't have as many grapple moves. Or I don't think they can do throws, can they? No. Yeah. They really they can't, can't make contact with the enemy. They can't do throws and they can't do the yeah, ground pound. If you walk over a fallen enemy, hold down on the control pad, and then press the kick button, you can kick the enemy on the ground. The ladies will always do this, but with the guys, standing over a fallen enemy will cue an up-close-and-personal grappling animation. First time he, he, they actually sat down to, to start the uh, punch-in-the-face animation, I did not understand this is the punch-in-the-face animation. I just thought they were sitting down on him. Like, what's this doing? Why? why <laughs> what? <laughs> what, what I was going to give him a real talking to. <laughs> <laughs> but no matter what, it's important to rely on your entire party. Since each party member has his or her own health bar, you can use them in turn to soak up more damage. What did you do against the boss uh, atop the crumbling school? I didn't beat him until I realized I could switch characters. Now, you may have noticed my pattern so far is to just beat up people. So, <laughs> my strategy was to figure out how to continue to beat up people without dying, and this involved using the select character button. Is the Shinji fight where you started swapping characters? No, it is not, but I think that's when I became frightened that I would lose, because what I thought would happen was you would, if you if a character lost health, they'd just be incapacitated until whenever. But it turns out your your current life is the current character, so... So you kind of have to strategize swapping just before they die so that you don't die. And there's one last point I want to hit before leaving. Approaching an enemy by walking up or down into them. We refer to it here as walking up to an enemy from the side or from the Z-axis. Later in the game, I did come to rely on the attacking from the side strategy, but that feels like... It just feels unintentional. Like, Well, not unintentional, but... Yes, it feels like I'm breaking the game. Well, that's just like one of the shortcomings of beat-em-ups with these sort of faux Z-axis planes. But the Z-axis is necessary so that you can't corner an enemy, right? Oh, is that what that's for? Because, like, in the side-scrolling the side scrolling stages are a lot easier, right? Or the not the side the 2D yeah. stages. Yeah. The only X and Y-axis um, areas... 
I think I prefer playing those anyway. Yeah, those are easier. And why would you say that is? Why they're easier or why I, I enjoy oh, them more? Why they're easier. Oh, well, like you said, you can corner your enemies. Okay. And yourself, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think when you can't get an enemy on the same plane as you, then you don't necessarily have a uh, fixed point of attack or defense. It's, it keeps it in constant motion when you've got the Z-axis in there. Yeah. It's very static when it switches to the flat 2D. So when you say static, I imagine that as it's really easy to remember one sequence of buttons and timing and just do the fight that way. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So it seems like the problem might be, like, the Z-axis is effective at keeping a dynamic sense of flow, but just the enemy AI is not too smart about avoiding you on that axis. And that if they watched me better when I was coming up from below, then the game might be a little better balanced. Hmm. 